0: so today we're going to complete session eighty five this was received april 26 nineteen eighty two this was uh, twenty exchanges and we're really almost finished <clears throat> and uh, couldn't finish it in the last hour today we start from eighty five seventeen and there's really not much to say until eighty five nineteen and that's about the end of the session and so after that short read-through with commentary. I'd like to bring up some other pages or references from Raw about veiling and a bit about uh, penetration of, of the veil, <clears throat> because you know, Don has a very strong interest in how conditions were in third density, space-time, or space-time and time-space. In civilizations closer to the center of the galaxy, where there was no veil in mind, in space-time, in the mind, in the brain. And <clears throat> what what were things like? But <clears throat> more, more relevant to us than that historical discussion, I think, uh, is how we can penetrate the veil uh, today and tomorrow. And uh, continue that process of dissolving the veil between conscious and subconscious mind or to make the subconscious conscious or to unify and coordinate the conscious mind with the totality of mind all the deeper levels of mind and so more important than what what was going on for them is how we now can work with the situation the veil and um, make good use of catalyst, and um, increasingly unveil ourselves so session eighty five <clears throat> uh, question seventeen this was uh after a thirty second pause where Jim had asked a question about how to open Green Ray Center and In fact, um, let me read a couple of paragraphs or or sentences from 85.16. Uh, Ra was talking about how to achieve balancing. First major paragraph, Ra said, To the student of the balancing process, we may suggest that the most stringent honesty be applied. As compassion is perceived it suggested that, in balancing, this perception be analyzed. It may take many, many essays into compassion before true universal love is the product of the attempted opening and crystallization of this all-important springboard energy center, meaning green ray. Thus, the student may discover many other components to what may seem to be all-embracing love. Each of these components may be balanced and accepted as part of the self and as transitional material, as the entity's seat of learned teaching moves ever more fairly into the green ray when it is perceived that universal love has been achieved the next balancing may or may not be wisdom if the adept because now we're talking about adept work if the adept is balancing manifestations it is indeed appropriate to balance universal love and wisdom if the balancing is of the mind or spirit there are many subtleties to which the adept may give careful consideration. Love and wisdom, like love and light, are not black and white, shall we say, but faces of the same coin, if you will. Therefore, it is not, in all cases, that balancing consists of a movement from compassion to wisdom. <clears throat> and then there was a um, comment about Wanderers saying, We may suggest at all times the constant remembrance of the density from which each adept desires to move. This density, meaning 3D, learns the lessons of love. In the case of wanderers, there are half-forgotten overlays of other lessons and other densities. We shall leave these considerations with the questioner and invite observations, which we shall then be most happy to respond to in what may seem to be a more effectual manner. So, uh, the discussion is about balancing And balancing uh, is Ra's term for the development of love and wisdom in relation to personal blockages or blockages of the lower chakras or distortions in mind or the results of veiling being that we don't know ourselves or that we have unconscious patterns. And so the veiling in mind Produces unconsciousness or makes much more of the unconscious unavailable and only available by significant effort, focused effort. It doesn't, there was, it seems, a matrix and potentiator of mind um, archetypal positions in the mind complex before the veil. So before the veil, there still was matrix, magician, and potentiator, high priestess, so-called, of mine, cards 1 and 2, or positions, archetypal positions 1 and 2 in the mind cycle of 7. At that time it was only 3. But, um, there was no barrier between them. It was simply a matter of... um, you know constant inspiration was available or was happening and it's not omniscience but it's a continue it's a free and easy communication between seeking and finding between um, the conscious mind and the resource and all resources in mind available to it now it's not the case and so <clears throat> Today, with this veil, uh, or more difficult, it's a semi-permeable membrane or curtaining between conscious and subconscious, with that, uh, we have now unconscious patterns, or deep beliefs. Now we have to understand psychology. Deep beliefs, particularly associated with uh, the fundaments of second and third chakra, first and second and third chakras, actually. Deep beliefs associated with embodiment. Uh, Food, sex, uh, body care, gender. uh, First ray, issues. And and survival, all sorts of things. I'm not giving everything about everything. Second ray, deep beliefs about self. self Self-worth, self-value, the nature of self. Uh, Third ray, deep beliefs associated with relationship. Associated with society, associated with the value of relationship, the value of society, so in many ways, deep beliefs, many most of which are subconscious or unconscious to us right what's in the unco- what's in the subconscious may be made conscious, um, but it's generally unconscious or not conscious because we generally don't make great effort to know ourselves well, meaning to know where we're coming from, uh, particularly about these first three chakra core issues of embodiment, incarnation, one, uh, selfhood, identity, two, and relationship, society, group, uh, three. And the core beliefs in those three spheres are very much associated with value. The value I attribute to um my embodiment do i like it do i hate it do i think it's good do i think it's bad same thing with identity second ray sense of self Uh, high value low value low self-esteem or healthy self-esteem you know and same thing with relationship same thing with um the dynamics of relationship what i think i need what i think i hate what i think is best or um ideal in terms of relationship, or society, or this or that. Like, uh, how can I come to live a life when 10 out of 10 people around me uh, live a different kind of life? Things like that. So, the, the purpose for most stringent honesty is to seek to understand the subconscious, or understand what is... What our subconscious patterns and beliefs and values are and so if we want to penetrate the veil which is really the matter of balancing which is really the matter of clearing lower chakra blockages which is really the matter of achieving psychological health and well-being we need first most stringent honesty and humanity has been taught to be deceptive taught to be deluded taught to be dishonest taught to not love truth uh seems to me and raw talked about the paucity of honesty of your peoples and the paucity meaning poverty of honesty of humanity and the um uh, intransigent and transigent desire or most strong desire uh for anonymity distraction and sleep (coughs) of earth humanity uh and so Distraction and sleep, particularly uh, are not uh, are supportive of dishonesty or self- deception or avoidance and de- denial, and really shoddy thinking, shallow thinking and so you have scientists and you have big shot big forehead people uh, who also don 't think deeply they think they, they understand facts and figures, but they don 't necessarily know wisdom or principles or they don 't want to know they can know everything, but they don't push it. So, if you want to pen the veil, um, or be free of uh, unconscious patterns, most stringent honesty is number one. And then we have this development, the, the relation of, of green ray and blue ray development. Compassion or love and wisdom discernment. And Ra's basically just saying, number one, <clears throat> it's going to take, it, it takes a long time Uh, before we know what true universal love is before we know what all-embracing love is, unconditional love true green ray is unconditional uh, universal, transpersonal, all-embracing it isn't a possession, it isn't yours, it isn't mine it's um, the quality of universal love that really is pure reception, receptivity the harmlessness of absolute non-control, absolute pure um, non-distorted beingness in relationship and so uh, it takes a long time to know what that is and so many essays into compassion before true universal love is the product and then green ray is all important springboard and we find many other components to what seems to be, to what we may think is all embracing love so as yet another aspect of uh, the culture of dishonesty of uh, earth humans on earth or humans on earth uh, there's some, in the new age community among spiritual people, there's some sense people feel they've finished something (laughs) I'm perfectly developed in love and wisdom so some think, or some people think they've finished, they they are completed in their capacity to walk in love, really. And so there's a lot of self-deceiving, but the reality, if you keep analyzing, if you keep looking, and maybe at the end of today, I'm going to bring a quote from another session of Ra, talking about the relationship between um, intellect and intuition. Uh, both are needed but if one indeed uh, accepts um, the value of of analytical, logical, rational linear uh, careful thinking critical self observation, self analysis but it doesn't mean critical to put down or judgment it means want to see clearly I want to see clearly what one will see is that One isn't as purely loving as one may have thought one is, nor is one as wise and clear as one has thought one is. And so then one can keep accepting, okay, uh, there are selfish dynamics in my, quote, perfect love, or my uh, benevolence uh, and my uh, helping others and service to others has a very significant selfishness in it that may be seen. Meaning, I want approval, appreciation. I want to feel good about myself. I don't want to feel useless. I don't want to feel unneeded. Um, I doubt myself. I um, am oversensitive to their opinions of me, things like this. You know, so, if you want to heal the lower triad, you have to actually be able to psychologically analyze and know oneself well. Psychological self-awareness is critical to... Healing lower triad blockages or healing uh, deep mind blockages, deep mind distortions, and lower triad blockage. So then finally, finally, um, one moves more fairly, fairly, honestly into Green Ray and acknowledges um, the self centered aspects of um, our compassion and moves out of that. Uh, moves beyond getting stuck by that then uh, when it's perceived that one one knows what universal love is to some extent which is very different than personal love then the next balancing depending on what's being done may or may not be wisdom so balancing and balancing right? balancing love and wisdom balancing the lower triad blockages with love then balancing that love with wisdom And then balancing love and wisdom with six-ray awareness of unity or reality beyond illusion. Then we're talking about adept work. And so there are two kinds of balancing beyond the balancing of lower triad uh, blockages or releasing the blockages. There's the balancing of manifestations and the balancing of mind spirit. Balancing manifestations sounds like what? Balancing uh, how I manifest myself? Being... Balanced in my self-expression to other? Okay. Um, It's contrasted with balancing of mind and spirit. Mind and spirit, uh, in this usage, I think, is more associated with inner work or personal work on our own mind, consciousness, tendencies, and uh, spiritual beingness, Uh, rather than... Balancing associated with how we express ourselves in relation to other or manifest, and so in terms of manifesting uh, or sharing or working or being with others, yeah Ra says indeed appropriate to balance love and universal love and wisdom, right not just love but universal love and so if we're with others and we wish to be of service, <laughs> we better know what universal love and wisdom is. And we ought to really know the other's mind well, and our own. Uh, and we won't get caught by their distortions, nor our own. Or we'll observe when we're caught by our own, when we're caught or seem to be in a emotional charge reactivity, and how that came to be. Well, what you can see is that the other person has their distortions, this or that, and we have our own that is the basis for us getting caught up or tripped up by their distortions. You know, one can be very well in a field of distortion uh, where others are, um, you know, dumping their dump, but um, it's not, you know, it's not not the same wellness as, uh, you know, talking with butterflies and flowers, but uh, one can not be emotionally triggered. If one has... um, to the extent that one has freed oneself of trigger ability, or lower chakra blockage, or various distortions associated with our sense of self and uh, relationship, generally, second and third chakra issues. <laughs> so, to the extent second and third ray is unblocked, second and third rays are unblocked, uh, we have worked through our own distortions associated with selfhood, place in society, or relationship and interaction with the group. To that extent, we become untriggerable or less triggerable. To that extent, um, we will naturally see the other clearly and see ourselves clearly, uh, more clearly, and the situation and what appropriate um, manifestation would be. We don't have to call it even service. How to be with this person, which is unique to this person and me. And tomorrow it would be different and with another It can be different too. It ought to be. It would be. Knowing that is wisdom. And being able to apply that carefully, harmlessly is love. Then, if we're talking about doing stuff alone, then we're talking about balancing mind-spirit, and we're talking about adept work, and this is the uh, subtleties to which adept ought to give careful consideration. Love and wisdom, love, light, not black-white. They're the same, or they're two faces of the same the blue green center and so balancing doesn't always consist of movement from wisdom to from compassion to wisdom or wisdom and compassion in many ways the higher balancing of the adept is the realization of the unity of wisdom and compassion that's bodhisattva and so the the bodhisattva lives the unity the identity of wisdom and compassion Uh, but that requires knowing them first. And so before you realize they are uh, the two is one, or the two is not two, and the two is one, and the one is the all, uh, one has to know uh, the nature of each of the apparent two. And that's done by first practicing on the self. And then in the case of wanderers, it's an interesting thing that... See, I can just talk for half an hour on uh, 8516. It's interesting that Ross said, We may suggest at all times the constant remembrance of the density from which each adept uh, desires to move. So some wanderers are adepts, six-density wanderers, to the extent that we have, um, you know, released lower triad blockage and done real balancing of true universal love and compassion. Then we are doing adept work. Why? Uh, why is it even suggested? Because Raz and E.T. You say, why is it even suggested at all times? Constant remembrance of the density from which each of these adept wanderers, or pretty well developed, or you know, well, well self-trained adepts wanderers, are moving or working. Why should we, if we are uh, in that condition? Why should we have constant remembrance at all times uh, of our home density? It seems a little strange, right? So, I mean, I don't constantly remember, I'm from sixth density. Uh, so, but it is it is important um, to factor in, to fold in, to... Um, to um, know as foundational truth the reality that we come in here, we live now here with half-forgotten lessons, half-forgotten overlay of other lessons and other densities. We we live now with um, a half-remembered or half-forgotten um, metaphysical foundation. That foundation gives a kind of... Um, Whole mind overlay filter or overlay atmospheric, like the whole sky has an indigo tinge. The whole Chittakash, right? Akash, like Akashic record, spacious space field of Chitta or mind, like Satchit Ananda, the Manasic field, the, ka- the field of. Consciousness of mind, right, particularly 456, uh, has this uh, subtle indigo atmospheric quality for Six Density Wonder. That's akin to this half-forgotten overlay from Home Density associated with other lessons. In in the case of Six Density Wonder, it's associated with. Um, a deep understanding of what the int of uh, of what love wisdom integration is, and the identity of love wisdom. The identity of love wisdom, is the blue green center, that was well known in sixth density. That's not a, just a knowing, but an achieved learning. And um, I think what's being implied here is that one way to look, one implication, may be that. For six density wanderers with this uh, home dimensional uh, overlay to the mind complex itself now here in 3D space time, we ought to be working from, uh, we may make use of, we ought to be reintegrating the awareness we had before coming to earth or before third density incarnation overall in our development of love wisdom now being the knowing of the identity of love wisdom two sides of the same coin you see two sides of the same coin means two faces of one two faces of one or two aspects of true mind transpersonal mind two functions of consciousness two aspects of the nature of consciousness and the functions of mind to know that well so love 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 truth but to know that ultimately that is one function and it ultimately comes out of the reality that love light is the polarized nature of intelligent energy itself and that is um, logoic extensions or the true nature of sentience or awareness um, what What we experience as the two functions of love wisdom uh, is a differentiation of the essential nature of consciousness um, or sentience and awareness itself uh, it 's an expression of the dualized nature of consciousness and that duality in in um, functional or duality of, of the nature of consciousness itself and its functionality as mind itself is a reflection of the polarized nature of intelligent energy, which is the source of the whole seven rays, and of course the source of mind, before the five set, So, um, wanderers may know that. Then, the new material, halfway through today's hour. Uh, 8517, Don asks, what changes of functions or control, or understanding, etc., of the mind-body-spirits, meaning before the veil, were most effective in producing the evolution desire due to the veiling process, meaning what changes of functions or control or understanding um, for the entities before the veil were useful for them in evolving or polarizing or, you know, moving out of third density, um due to veiling it's a confused a little bit confused question so how did they evolve anyway rock couldn't even get it because Ross have trouble with Carla's condition Ross said we're having difficulty retaining clear channel through this instrument maybe that's where that uh, network got their term clear channel from this raw material we're having difficulty retaining clear channel through this instrument It has a safe margin of transferred energy, but is experiencing pain flares. May we ask that you repeat the query as we have a better channel now. Don clarifies it. After the veiling process, certain veiled functions or activities must have been paramount in creating evolution in desired polarized directions. I was just wondering which of these were or had the greatest effect in polarization. Um, it's sort of a strange question. He's saying, after veiling, certain functions were veiled. Certain activities of mind or being or of the beings were veiled after the veiling. Which of those many veilings, which is really, I think, a mistaken approach, which of what he's considering discrete veiling of functions um, created evolution in desired polarized directions, which is God, the uh, the director of the symphony, and it's not quite like that. Which had the greatest effect? And Ra basically just goes to the general and says the most effectual veiling was out of mind. So let's not get caught up in the in the, the specifics. The mind was veiled. That was effectual, and various functions of mind then. Um, had different changes, uh, were were experienced differently after the veil. And Don clarifies that question further. 8519 says, I would like to carry that on to find out what specific functions of mind were most effectual and the three or four most effective changes brought about to create the polarization. And again, you know, Um, Polarization is done by the self-responding to catalyst, not done by the veiled mind. The veiled mind, or veiling, uh, generates greater usable catalyst. That's it. It doesn't generate polarization. The veiling doesn't create polarization. The response to the increased catalyst creates polarization. And of course, before the veil, there was no polarization. There were no polarity there was just the path the one path in light in love in truth um experience of uh, duality was not anywhere um, the same as it is now after veiling so uh there's the veiling of mind that was most effectual then what about the functions of mind that became veiled don is in some ways trying to ask for in in which uh, uh, which logoic experiments in veiling functions of mind turned out to be most supportive of polarization after the veil veiling what functions of mind in the various logos logoic experiments after this veil notion was instituted which specific veilings of mind functions led 3D mind my spirit complexes then to most effectively get themselves out of third density and, and so there is to some extent um, uh, a dictatorial or a uh, you know, command and control aspect to logoic tweaking of the parameters of love-light, light-love or intelligent energy associated with the topography of the veiling in 3d space-time the topography of the veiling the topography of the curtain of the veil or the curtain between conscious subconscious Um, the the contours the particular um, you know geography (laughs) um, of the curtain curtaining veil would be more or less perme would would be variable permeability to different functions of mind would be of variable permeability would reveal variable permeability or veiling of for certain functions of mind so certain functions would be heavily veiled and others not and which uh, which which uh, functions veiled how led ultimately was supportive or led to or was associated with those souls in those Logoic experiments that got themselves out of third density most efficiently. <laughs> Obviously, that question couldn't be asked uh, in in uh, short form. So, what about it? Ross said, 8519, this is going to be the last major exchange. This is an interesting query. The primary veiling was of such significance, the veiling of mind, that it may be seen to be analogous to the mantling of the Earth over all the jewels within the Earth's crust, whereas previously all facets of the creator were consciously known. After the veiling, almost no facets of the creator were known to the mind. Almost all was buried beneath the veil. If one were to attempt to list those functions of mind most significant in that they might be of aid in polarization one would need to begin with the faculty of visioning, envisioning, or far-seeing. Without the veil, before the veil, without the veil, the mind was not caught in your illusory time. With the the veil, space-time is the only obvious possibility for experience. Also, upon the list of significant veiled functions of the mind would be that of dreaming, the so-called dreaming, contains a great deal which if made available to the conscious mind at excuse me and used shall aid it in polarization to a great extent the third function of the mind which was which is significant and which has been veiled is that of knowing the body the knowledge of and control over the body having been lost to a great extent in the veiling process is thusly lost from the experience of the seeker Its knowledge before the veiling is of small use. Its knowledge after the veiling, and in the face of what is now a dense illusion of separation of body complex from mind complex, is quite significant. Perhaps the most important and significant function that occurred due to the veiling of the mind from itself is not in itself a function of mind, but rather is a product of the potential created by this veiling. This is the faculty of will or pure desire. We may ask for brief queries at this time. Although there is energy remaining for this working, we are reluctant to continue this contact, experiencing continual variations due to pain flares, as you call this distortion. Although we are unaware of any misgiven material, we are aware that that there have been several points during which our channel was less than optimal. This instrument is most faithful, but we do not wish to misuse this instrument. Please query as you will. So this is <laughs> an answer that only the raw material can give you. Uh, there are, I mean, compare this to the other channeling sources that claim to be sixth density or such like that. What? Cassiopeia material? Um, what? Zeta-tom? Uh Bashar? Ramtha? Uh, what? Cryon? Uh, which Seth material? Which is very fine, I think. Uh, what? Uh, Jalala Star? Tell me which other sources claim to be Sixth End you even know anything about that. Hidden Hand? Uh-huh. So, HH. Uh, which of those other sources could talk about the list of uh, functions of mind post-veiling and their relative production of usable catalyst for the evolution of souls from third density to four. None. And so, this is this is what only Atman knows and, and Ra. Knowing the score before the veiling and after the veiling and assessing the functions of mind from the perspective of um, sixth density unity, uh, can see what what awareness was lost by veiling or what functions were lost and how that established um, a a field of catalyst a, a productive crop or harvest of catalyst a um, a bounty of available catalyst catalytic experience or experience called catalyst usable for evolution. Uh, in relation to functions of mind, in relation to potentials of mind. And so, um, primary veiling of mind was so important, it's akin to mantling of the earth over all the jewels within the earth's crust. It's a beautiful analogy. Like uh, laying down a a carpet of mineral or rock that uh covers all of the jewels and the mineral gem gem precious gem minerals um at deeper levels of of the rock body of the earth uh, covering the city <laughs> with concrete pavement uh it's believe it or not i remember when it was first shot first true to me i realized oh you mean all of these streets used to be soil <laughs> and they actually poured concrete and did all sorts of crap to cover all that soil and there's somehow soil down there um, under all these these uh, feet or <clears throat> underground base miles of poured concrete uh, the earth is still here that's kind of nice uh, so the mantling over the earth hiding the jewels akin to the veiling of mind that uh, produces which is the primary veiling before functions of mind veiling and leading to um, almost all facets of the creator buried beneath the veil after veiling almost no facets were known to the mind uh, previously, before the veil, all facets of creator were consciously known. <clears throat> it's actually consciously knowable because third-density souls are not Buddhas. They're not um, fully—they're they're not fully seven chakra perfected, including mind chakras or mind functions perfected. But it seems to me all facets of creator were consciously knowable. Um, and they're still consciously knowable. <laughs> it's just that they've been buried. Almost all was buried, or is buried, almost, after the veiling. Near almost all facets of creator, or aspects of reality, the unit, you know, unity, multidimensional, unified, um, spiritual reality. Almost all of that is now buried or not consciously known but surely knowable that's what <laughs> complete and perfect enlightenment is uh, but we're not going to get it in this lifetime uh and almost no um uh, re none of the reality of multi-dimensional unified reality spiritual truth is clearly Uh, is clearly easily accessible to conscious mind. And so uh, almost all of that is buried and um, Ra goes on to then list functions of mind that uh, are most significant in aid of aid in polarization, right? Not creating polarization. They're of aid to the soul that wishes to have polarization or keep evolving then the first function is visioning or seeing. Visioning, envisioning, far-seeing, seeing seeing into, universal vision. And um, without the veil, or for one with no veil, uh, mind not caught in time, illusory time. Time is illusory. Time is not a um, datum of of, um, (laughs) creation. It's actually an illusory product of limited perception. And it's not a thing. It's actually an artifact of uh, ignorance-based consciousness. Then, with the veil, space-time is the only obvious possibility for experience. There are other possibilities, but they're not obvious. The only obvious possibility or the only obvious interpretation of reality, is um, of apparent linear, substantial time, temporality. The mind, with, under the veil, with um, all sorts of distortions in mind, which really means inbuilt lower triad blockage, blockages to the lower triad inbuilt to the very incarnative, um, the very Nature of incarnation in 3D space-time Seems like uh, inbuilt uh, factory uh, factory provided um, Lower triad blockages factory uh, installed distortions in mind or um, mm, Impermeabilities of functional blockage Functional unavailability, unavailable functions of mind, uh, aspects of reality, uh, impossible to be vision or, or uh, by standard uh, veiled by, by default. And so the first function of mind uh, that was Ross Kang uh, might be uh, that's most significant in its use as an aid in polarization. Is this visioning or seeing? And then Ra talks about that in terms of time. Now, time associated with seeing is very esoteric, right? Why in the world are we talking about what's the relationship between veiled mind caught in illusory time and limitations of faculty of visioning? Well... (laughs) with the veil now the mind appearing to be experiencing itself caught in time which is illusory caught in a fixed present moment right it's fixed in time and free in space in space time right i can move my body around but i can't move my temporal focus of attention as freely my focus of temporal attention meaning i'm here sitting in the room in this present moment talking to you but what about three days ago? What about 74 hours ago? What about 74 hours from now? I don't know. Why? Because I'm caught I, or the conscious mind, or the sense of self, is caught in illusory time as uh, the basis of uh, you know being fict- fixed in time, space-time itself. So this whole distinction between space-time, time-space, in terms of time and space, also was uh, hardened or crystallized after the veiling. So it just goes on and on, the discussion. But it's very true that now, uh, and this is the basis of the heretical materialists, the heretical scientists and the heretical uh, ordinary 3D humans who believe that um, space-time is all there is. There is no non-physical dimensionality. The physical dimensionality is non-existent according to the heretics of modern science and academe and um, the leaders of the rich men of the world the rich men of the world believe that space-time is all there is there is no multidimensionality there is no spiritual world and so that's the heresy of materialism and that's natural, understandable, why they're there. They fall into that delusion. It's called eternal. It's called um, it's a kind of nihilism and eternalism. In Buddhism. It's two of the. Ex- it partakes of uh, the extreme um, perversion of views associated with um, eternalism. This world is all there is, and nihilism. There is no other. So in Buddhism, they threw that out twenty five hundred years ago. But, hey, hey, things take time. But it's true. With the veil, um, space-time being the only obvious possibility for um, ontological experience, the nature of experience itself, the beingness of experience, can only be physicality, so they think, because this is all they see. So we can understand that. Then, also, upon a list of significant veil functions of mind is that of dreaming, which is basically inner seeing. Right? So, visioning is um, knowing, which is the mind seeing. There's also, um, so there's the mind seeing or knowing in time, the experience of knowing as it pertains to the experience of linear temporality. Linear, past, present, future, temporal time. The whole experience of linearity—past, present, future—is product of the veil, and um, those that are, you know, fully awakened adepts um, see the past and the future and live that now. Then there is the other kind of another kind of seeing or knowing, associated with particularly uh, knowing the lower triad, um, dreaming, meaning most dreaming is psychological is a psychological product. Um, and a a projection, projected imagistic narrative like a movie a projected narrative sequence of scenes, of images of psychological symbolism a symbolic, imagistic narrative representation of psychological processes, that's mainly what most dreams are, some are metaphysical some are last night's dinner but mainly their psychological products, this is also veiled, or, or is a result of the veiling, is that there is dreaming. And those that are, the, you know, freedom from lower triad blockage equals a radical reduction of dreaming, or psychological dreaming. So-called dreaming, Ross said, contains a great deal which information, if made available to conscious mind and used, or when known and used by conscious mind, Uh, helps the being polarize itself. Yes, indeed. And so that wasn't the case before the veil. Third function of mind, which is significant, which is a product of the veil, or is result of the veil, or changed after the veiling, that then aids the entity in polarization, is regarding knowing body. So we're talking about um, visioning in terms of temporal knowing, Knowing anything in terms of time being the first function that now is so used, more, much more useful after the veil. The first is basically um, knowing, uh, temporal knowing, knowing anything in terms of its uh, temporal sequence, temporality, temporal knowing, uh, past, present, future, and causality, in fact. That was the first function of mind, or the basic function of mind. Um, that altered after the veil, now quite useful for polarization. The second is conscious mind knowing the subconscious by the vehicle of dreams. The third is the conscious mind knowing the body. And Ross said that after the veiling, knowledge of and control over body has been lost to a great extent. Lost from the experience of the seeker. It's not lost, it's far less available to be gained, to be known. Far less easily known. So this is the conscious mind knowing the body, rather than the conscious mind knowing the deeper personal mind, which is associated with psychological dreaming. Or the conscious mind knowing um, phenomenal, uh, phenomenal, phenomenal flow, the, the phenomenal flux uh, uh, causality and apparent temporality that 's the first envisioning, then dreaming then knowing body, and so after the veil um, the knowledge of control over body was lost significantly, yes indeed you can 't control your heartbeat, but the yogi can um, knowledge before the veiling is of small use, and that 's a very interesting point is that um, that which is use that which is unknown. Or hard to know um, that whose revelation or knowing is indeed an important catalyst for self-development after having been known is no longer helpful (laughs) what used to be helpful for me is no longer helpful because i already used it and got myself help from it i helped myself from that catalyst that catalyst is no longer helpful and so Before the veil, this full or quite significant knowledge of and control over a body wasn't useful. They could do it. Um, Fine. The not knowing is more useful than the knowing. (laughs) Because the not knowing, not controlling, not knowing and controlling, is a catalyst for uh, making effort to know or control or manage or... You know, regulate the body, take good care of the body. It's not control heavy-handed only, but this ability, the these uh, by the un, you know, from the unveiled condition, with nearly full knowledge of and control over body, at that time it wasn't useful. <laughs> Losing that knowledge and control, that's useful. After the veiling, its knowledge, or knowing the body, the whole issue of seek uh, of the importance of knowing body how to keep oneself healthy understanding one's personal responsibility in causation of illness understanding the the significance of body illness as symbolism revealing lower triad uh, deep mind psychological issues right why do I have a pain in this part of the body what does it mean well it means something and if you know you'll know the corresponding distortions of mind or lower triad blockage too, and then understand you know particularly let's program catalysts before birth certain physical issues like Carla was going through. Why did she have those issues and not others? What was the psychological meaning uh, associated with distorted beliefs um you know about self or or world or or life all of that knowing is important after the veil when it wasn't easily available. So it's knowledge after the veiling and the face of what's now a dense illusion of separation of body complex from mind complex is quite significant. The So there's the illusion of time <laughs> and the dense illusion of the experience of the apparent separation of body from mind. So we... Uh, you know, I've I've said many times the body is simply an aspect of the mind. The body is the um, is the low hanging fruit of mind. <laughs> the body is um, a dense manifestation of um, certain levels of, of deep mind, personal, racial, pl- personal planetary, you know, pl- personal mind, racial mind, planetary mind. Some uh, those levels of mind manifest in the dense physical body. Those levels of mind uh, are shown by the dense physical body. And this is the dense illusion of the dense physical body. Dense illusion, compacted illusion of the apparent uh, separation of our experience of separation of body from mind. Right? My mind is what? In my head somewhere? He's in his head? No, but the function of a person's awareness may be in their head rather than balanced throughout. Uh, torso and head. And so that's a very, and that can be read as to, you know, their own, uh, the psychology of the person who is, quote, stuck in their head, and the psychology of the person who's very much stuck in their appendages. There are people who are very much in their hands. I once met a woman. She was very handy, meaning she's always kind of touching and grabbing things. You know, not just me. It was just. Kind of people are very some people are very mouthy, some people are very handy <laughs> means they're always there's got a lot of energy focused in their mouth or in their hands or in some part of the body, and it's uh, over an, an over focusing of, of energy and attention to that part of the body that reveals psychology and uh, lower triad blockage condition configuration so the body the the experience of separation from body of body and mind is also an illusion they are obviously not the same uh, but you know form is emptiness, emptiness is form and so uh, body, mind is a unified field body, mind, spirit is a unified field then finally, Ross said most important and significant function occurred due to veiling of mind from itself Um, a function of mind that um after the veiling provided a rich uh, field or crop of catalyst for evolution, perhaps the most significant of those, Ra is saying, is not in itself a function of mind. That's a very important metaphysical statement, but rather a product of the potential created by the veiling. And that's the faculty of will or pure desire. This faculty of will or pure desire is not a function of mind, ding 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 it's in six ray not four five and so pure desire the pure the purity of it is its transpersonality it's not desire of body-mind it's spiritual desire spiritual desire is quote pure in that it's um transcendental or it partakes of the uh, of a unified seven ray full beingness It's pure in that it's not complex. It's uh, a product or it's manifestation of the unified mind-body-spirit complex itself. So the spiritual, uh, the truly spiritual is of mind-body and spirit. As I've said, you know, higher functions uh, are cumulative, not, not exclusionary to the lower. So mind true mind or a, a pure mind includes one, two, three, four, five. And pure desire is one, two, three, four, five, six. And this is not a function of mind, it's above the mind. But this um, function of spirit, we can say, or the nature of spirit, which is will, which is very much associated with attention or um, focused awareness. The focusing of awareness is has a crit is is basically an expression of will, or is the movement of will. Is the movement of of attention of awareness or tension or awareness. This is very very subtle actually, but that uh, transmental function or faculty called will or pure desire. Um, Ra calls it a product of the potential. Created by the veiling, it's really a, it's really a, an aspect of the, of the true of the true, you know, the total self being, uh, and that changed that that, that um, access to pure desire or will changed with the veiling of the mind, <clears throat> and um, particularly, Mara <clears throat> I think would be is referring to the fact that the 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 great value of the function, the, the great value of veiling mind, is the um, major stimulus to spiritual seeking, which is will, um, that uh, came from the veiled condition. In the veiled condition, the mind veiled condition, uh, the faculty of will was greatly catalyzed. <laughs> Um, because one really needed to make effort to get out of confusion and suffering while before there was no confusion and nearly no suffering. So with the veiling came great confusion or lack of control, lack of ability, lack of understanding uh, and a lot of pain, uh, a lot of dukkha and the result of all that dukkha or all that dukkha itself was is a great uh, catalyst to the stimulation of will or seeking to get out of the pain or the confusion and the ignorance. So, uh, finally, that's it. We you know be no more for today in terms of um, Ra going on with this session because she was in a lot of pain, uh, which is pretty normal after the veil. Eighty-five twenty. 20 Thon concludes, well, I'll just ask in closing, is an individualized portion or entity of Ra inhabiting the instrument's body for the purpose of communication? And then, is there anything that we can do to improve the contact or make the instrument more comfortable? Ra said, we of Ra communicate through narrow band channel through the violet ray energy center. Seven. We are not, as you would say, physically indwelling in this instrument. Rather... The mind-body-spirit complex of this instrument rests with us. And so Carla is in Ra. Ra is not in Carla's body. Finally, they conclude, You are diligent and conscientious. The alignments are excellent. We, rele- we leave you rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the one infinite creator. Go forth then, my friends, rejoicing in the power and in the peace of the infinite love and the ineffable light of the one creator. I am Ra, Adonai. So, actually, we really don't have time for all the bonus material. So, uh, this this discussion of um, functions of mind, that are associated, that, that that are much more useful for evolution, evolutionary development, after the veiling, uh, is very useful (laughs) in our understanding, particularly for wanderers, of, um, why we have such difficulty here, or may feel such angst, um, all these functions either didn't even exist or were fully transparent unveiled before we came here or from the home dimension, particularly for six Density Wanderers. And even four Density Wanderers didn't have the veil, and the veil only exists in 3D space-time. And humanity is <laughs> um, very um, confused in its veiling, and that's the basis of 3d repeating nearly all of humanity will repeat the density maybe 80% you think there's gonna be a 20% harvest rate here good luck so maybe 80% and that's being super generous um, will repeat the density so what does that mean (laughs) that means there's a lot of confused folks here at all levels of society and Um, these various functions of mind that became so significant in uh, aiding or providing catalyst for polarization, soul evolution, out of third density, uh, these are functions of mind that we ourselves may struggle with um, and uh, feel some angst uh, regarding our veiled condition. And the particular one, I mean, all of them are really quite interesting, but um, this, this sense of being caught in time. Uh, without the veil, the mind was not caught in your illusory time, while now with the veil, space-time is the only obvious possibility for experience. Very, very mature, poignant way of phrasing. Space-time is the only obvious possibility for experience, um, nothing else is obvious. Um, there are there are other possibilities, <laughs> but they're not obvious. Um, the uh, Another possibility is called time-space. One can experience time-space. Or the coordination of space-time-time-space. Or the full identity, <laughs> the uh, awareness of the identity between space-time and time-space. That's also knowable, not by Uh, ordinary folk, but by um, high yogis and adepts. All that's knowable. Those are also possibilities for experience. But we, we're you know, in many ways, uh, the 80% repeater rate is because they're not seeking. They're um, aware of the only obvious possibility and not seeking beyond the most obvious. Not seeking beyond the obvious. They're assuming that the obvious is Uh, The totality of possibility for experience. The only possible reality is space-time according to their delusions, according to the heresy of materialism. That's all they see. That's all they want to see. They don't care to think about this great matter of birth and death, as the Buddhists would say. They don't care. Some do, and even the ones that talk about UFO and E.T., even the ones that talk about channeling, don't necessarily want to get deep into this matter of birth and death why are you here the new age types may yes channeling channels yes they often talk about life lessons but if they say something like keep your vibration high keep yourself in joy then they they have very deficient wisdom <laughs> keep your vibration high higher higher than what higher than low what's low well they're really talking about the the vertical uh, image of the seven chakra column low is lower triad. High is the upper four. Green, blue, indigo, violet. When they say, keep your vibration high, I heard one smiley channel talk this way. They're really saying, keep what? As if they, you see, they have no understanding of psychology or very limited. Keep your vibration high. Means what? Keep my attention on my higher chakras. (laughs) Well, what about the reality of my emotional reactivity? What about the reality of my my patterns that are harmful to self and other. Do I not have any? If I keep my vibration high, just keep myself in joy? Oh, really, is that possible? Keep yourself in joy? Really? <laughs> so, there's lots of self-deception. There's lots of uh, deliberate rejection of seeking. There's lots of assumption that they know. <laughs> they know the score. So they think. And... um there's lots of um, ignorant arrogance, so uh, that's just the way it is. Um, meanwhile, there is great beauty and and intelligence, and there is wisdom here and there, and there is beauty, lots of beauty here and there, and nature is beauty everywhere, uh, and there's tremendous value to us being here. Uh, but we do need to know ourselves well, and we ought to know humanity well, And we ought to um, uh, apply these principles to our own process. The principles of um, healing, balance, um, development of love, wisdom, and increase in awareness. Next time we go to session 86. Session 86 is uh, 23 exchanges, Um, more about the veil, and dreams, particularly and we get back into some uh, tarot. Actually, there is more discussion of tarot in the next 20 sessions or so. We're getting close to the end of the raw material. We will get back into tarot again, and we haven't finished with the veil. So thank you for being here. Please take good care of yourselves, and I hope it was helpful. Take care, and good night.